Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. And if I cough on you today, I, I apologize in advance. I don't have a mute button. My mute button's back there. And uh, I'm fighting the crud. <laughs> yeah, I have a mute button, Todd. So I'll I'll at least cover it, any particular cough that I might bring to the show. But um, but no, I'm not sick. I didn't go to the CES show and get in front of you know 125,000 people and and uh, and your odds of getting sick were pretty high there, Todd. I think. Well, I, I I believe it or not, I think I made it out of there without getting sick. Oh, really? Yeah, because okay. I was good all the way until. Because I got home Sunday, and I was good all the way until Thursday. Then it started; the throat started doing the thing. Uh, so okay. either at the very end, or on the airplane, who knows? But it really isn't the full blown flu. It's just sore throat and sinuses. So I, I've okay. It's a cold then. That's what yeah. You got. So I've yeah. I've lucked out here. Um, yeah, that's good. I know the flu is uh, spreading far and wide out there in this country. It's killing people actually. Yeah. So that's yeah, bad this year. Yeah, but anyway, we didn't come on. We didn't start this show to talk about our our, our health problems. But, no, no, we yeah. didn't. So, uh, by the way, uh, happy New Year! Since we haven't done a show since the New Year, happy New Year! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the uh, sun came up, and uh, podcasting continues. Tonight, yeah. So, and yeah. Ma- and matter of fact, uh, you know, it's been January. And I, I was really kind of out of the loop. You know, I was following what was going on in the office. But, you know, I was inundated with literally, you know how it is, thousands of emails. And uh, so, you know, I was being very careful because some stuff was floating over into my raw voice email account from CES. I was, you know, trying to be careful on mass deletions because it's at some point you just you just can't read it all that's coming in from these vendors. Yeah. And um and then I'm, I got back and I'm like, okay, did, did I miss anything <laughs> talking with the team? And, um, man, it's just like, uh, January started with a roar. I mean, it's like, um, it's hot and heavy. It's, it's amazing. We had a little yeah. lull during, you know, the Christmas holiday, but wow. Uh, well, and the, the steady stream of, uh, articles and people publishing, um, you know, major, major articles in a lot of the larger publications and some of the smaller ones out there continues to come out. And, uh, as usual, Todd, the, uh, misinformation and, um, bad information continues as well. It so. does. It does. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, 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 sent you that link to that one guy and once again, podcasting, we can't call it podcasting. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, that's, it's eventually going to be a radio show, Todd. Didn't you know that? <laughs> well, that's what the radio guys want. You know, they want to call it radio. It's just a, it's just a matter of time, Todd, before <laughs> this show becomes a radio show. Did you know that? Okay, that's good. Then they, if it becomes a radio show, they have to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I need the big bucks now, right? That's right. You know, woohoo. Yeah, exactly. So... Some people just don't want to let it die. You know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, what's a podcast? Yeah, yeah. That's you know, that's that's what your that's what your dad called it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh my we're, gosh, we're so old school now, Todd. That uh, we need to come up with a new name. 
called yes. Radio Show. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. Delivered on uh, radio, delivered on demand via yes, your. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> via your RSS feed. That's right. Oh, geez. And it's just, a, you know, it's the same thing too. someone. I know I saw something about someone talking about time to get rid of the RSS feed. And I'm just rolling my eyeballs like, OK, um, <laughs> it's called link bait, Todd. It's called link bait. <laughs> yeah. It's the only explanation that makes any sense. Yeah. Plus the, the one that came out here that I saw this, this past week called <laughs> DIY podcasting isn't as cheap as you think. Oh, I don't know if you saw this article. No, it's no. <laughs> it's it's uh it's actually fairly you know it's it's true i mean th there's the full spectrum i mean you can get into podcasting and spend ten thousand dollars if you want right, to right right but to make a blanket statement that diy podcasting isn't as cheap as you think that may be true uh, on a relative scale but uh this guy's claiming that a diy podcast to start a podcast costs uh let's see what's his bottom line here you said it costs. Let me guess. Let me guess. Three ninety nine ninety nine. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Adding it all up, he says, um, "I've spent five thousand dollars." What? He said, "Ongoing costs between two hundred and thirty dollars and six hundred and thirty dollars per month." <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey. Yeah, you know, scaring people wow. unnecessarily. So what he's yeah. doing is he's on. Uh, he has someone editing his show. He has someone writing his show notes. Yeah. He has. He's not doing anything himself except for pulling up the mic. He's having his people. People get booked by other people. What yeah. happened to you know? What happened to the date? You know. You know what? Well, <laughs> I well better, DIY is do it yourself, right? I better never hear another podcaster bitch about twelve dollar podcast hosting. <laughs> yeah and actually we yeah. don't we don't hear that anymore we don't hear complaints about once maybe once a week or once every two weeks or something maybe someone will say yeah. you know but not like it used to be yeah exactly my to read my twitter post comment about this article was nope 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 <laughs> Do I need to go on about this article on how expensive it is to start and do a podcast? Oh. All all you really need is an ATR twenty one hundred for seventy five bucks and a five dollar or five ninety nine um, hosting plan, oh, and that's right. about it. Twelve dollar hosting plan at Blueberry, right? right. Well, there, there you go. <laughs> you know, that's or, really going to hit your pocketbook or, hard, right? Know? Right. You know, that's it. Just it just cracks me up. It yeah. really, really does. Because yeah. we're in an instant gratification era and no one wants to do the work on their own. No one wants to put in the time. No one, yeah. you know, what? Okay, cool. I'm glad he's. So he's saying that hey, the pre. Go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. He's supporting. He's that... <laughs> go ahead. He's saying that the pre-production time per episode is four hours. Wow. Our. Uh, uh, a recording time is two and a half hours per episode, but it's only a uh, one hour recording set up and take down an hour and a buffer of 30 minutes. Set up and take down. Why, why, why do you take anything down? I don't know. I have no idea. 
You don't unplug. <laughs> you don't unplug this stuff. You leave it in a corner, and you, you know, you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think he's doing it with a portable recorder. He keeps talking about buying a two-track uh, recorder, two mic stands, you know, a sixty-four yeah, gigabyte yeah, yeah, memory yeah. card, yeah. and a Skype call recorder app for forty dollars, which you can you can get a Skype recording software for free. I'm re- um, I'm re- I'm not using any app to record Skype right now. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, besides your TriCaster, right? Well, it's going into the audio yeah. recorder over here. It's yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's just a lot. It's going yeah. to the mixer, but the, yeah, I do have the cost of the mixer, so yeah. But and then post production is three and a half hours per episode, Todd. Man, that's the one that you're going to object to because you don't do any post production. If I had to do three and a half hours of post production, I would not be podcasting. I wouldn't have made it six months. And and show notes are another two hours. What this guy should have a hundred thousand listeners. Yeah, that's right. It says adding it all up, fixed cost one time four hundred and fourteen dollars. Production cost per episode fifty to one hundred and fifty dollars. Variable cost per month thirty dollars, which I have no idea what that is. And time commitment per episode ten hours. And he doesn't even list in here um, hosting costs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a, that is. And he's probably using Anchor, you know. So um, <laughs> he doesn't say who he's using, right? You know. And here's the here's the kicker about this. Let's let's that that guy's in outer space. Yeah, let's let's look at some oh. look at okay, I'll look at my show. The show that I really work hard at. And this one I just show up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So I'm sorry, but um I I used to do an hour and a half of prep for Geek New Central. Now my yeah. prep time is about thirty minutes because the guy I hired to do a lot of my prep gets me about eighty percent of the way there. And yeah. then, and or maybe even eighty-five sometimes, and then I'm another thirty minutes. Oh gosh! By the way, don't ever hold a sneeze in. I read something where a guy blew his throat out by holding a sneeze in. He blew his throat out. Didn't know that was possible, but it is. I didn't what does it even mean? <laughs> it rips. It rips your throat, and then it allows air to get where it's not supposed to be, and your neck will get like oh. big. I've never heard of such uh, thing. I, something I read on TV, on one of the websites. But anyway, get, I digress. So, you know, maybe 30, 45 minutes to do show prep, an, an hour 10 to record it, one shot, and 10 minutes post-production. That's, you know, so I do have about, well, an upload and writing show notes. I probably have, if I think about this, Probably, you know, probably, you know, including Kirk's time, uh, hour and a half, 240, 2.45, three hours, three hours, 10, three hours, 15 minutes is probably what I've got per episode. If it's end to end, you know, if, if I was doing the whole thing myself. Now I, I, yeah. I get an hour back, but yeah. It, so it, it is a time commitment. <clears throat> yeah. And, no, I mean it's it takes work. I mean, I'm honestly, you know, producing a podcast is not like 
Um, I mean, especially a quality one is take some effort. Yeah. No question about that. But I wouldn't say that that effort is money per se. I think this guy was trying to translate his time as equivalent to some money or something. Uh, yeah. I it, mean, you could do that sure, if you want to. Sure. And it, I think it's important to yeah. realize that time is money. You know, I, I advocate, yeah. you know, I, I'm all the time, like, why are we driving three miles to save two cents on gas? You know, that type of a, an equation, you know, same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. Hey, Todd, uh, to change the subject here, sure. there's a, uh, a, a podcast. I, it's a guy, guy that I know I've known for a long time, uh, a Luke Burbank, who's doing a, uh, 24 hour live stream episode. Uh, recorded on a party bus driving around Washington State. So, your yeah. idea of doing a twenty-four hour podcast yeah. is uh, is being is being done here, but it's going to be on a bus driving around Washington State. That's cool. <laughs> That's that yeah. sounds like fun. Yeah. So, I guess he's going to pile on his fans onto the bus, and they're going to drive around the state uh, in twenty-four hours. Uh, his name is Luke Burbank. He does a podcast called Too Beautiful to Live. Um. I've actually been on uh, been on a podcast with Luke before, but he does a lot of public radio stuff. But uh, I thought it was interesting. So, so you gonna go hang out on the bus with him for twenty four hours? I uh, don't know yet. I just saw the article. Uh -huh. I didn't know he was doing it. Oh, sounds like fun. Sounds yeah, like he does a show on Minnesota Public Radio and American Public Media. He does a does a show or two. All right. Yeah. Thought that was interesting. So uh, Ryan in the chat room says, "I do my four shows a week. I have someone who transcribes each one, and someone who does very in-depth show notes. So Ryan pays for that too. So his costs are not inexpensive for transcribing. I I just don't believe. I I think the the effort to transcribe and the value you get from it is minimal. If someone can show me how they they take those yeah. transcribed." Uh, transcriptions of those shows and turn that into uh, five or six times what it costs to do it. In other words, if I'm going to make, if it costs me a hundred dollars to the show, it, I have to, it, it's got to return five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars per episode. It, if it doesn't, why do it? Yeah. I agree. Unless there's some other, other reason. And most people that do transcription don't do it good they they it's not contextual and google actually just penalizes you for it mm -hmm. you know so yeah tim says i have people me my myself and i well tim we know that but you also need a show <laughs> we need to get you started hey michael welcome to the show as well matt lee thanks for being here um so I, I guess I'll give you a rundown of what's been happening here, Rob. Um, yeah, that'd be great. And also, you know, I talk about CES a little bit and your experience down there and what you saw is hot yeah. as, as it relates even to podcasting. Yeah. Too. So I uh, I went to Vegas way too early. Um, I had a, t a top secret meetings Wednesday and Thursday. Um, NDA up to my ears. And I went out in the desert two days in a row, and I still can't talk about it. It They didn't announce at CES. And so anyway, I, I arrived on whatever day, the day after New Year's was, the 2nd. Um, 
and then uh, did these two days out in the desert, um, the third and the fourth. Then Friday, I... Uh, so what does that mean, two days out in the desert? That's all I can say. <laughs> Or like a Burning Man experience oh, no. here? Is that what we're talking I was, about? I was transported an hour outside of Vegas with a vendor two days in a row. <laughs> oh, okay. And I got to do some things. And uh, me and about five other folks. So, uh, but, my, my, my mind is racing on that one, Todd. <laughs> what could that be? I'm trying to think here. It could be something good or something embarrassing. Well, I'm no, no. Sure. It was it was a you know it, it was a, a company that everyone's very familiar with in the space, and uh, American company. But uh, I, I just I, I'm 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 serious. I sound like I signed like five legal documents. I'm I'm I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is I went out to the desert. And I've got some video at some point. We'll see the life of day, you know? So, uh, anyway, uh, then Friday, Saturday, somebody stuffed a sock in your mouth. didn't they? Oh, they, they did. And, and believe me, uh, <laughs> we were worn like three times. Oh, it's crazy. But anyway, Friday and Saturday, uh, spent, uh, time, uh, just kind of hanging out in Vegas, doing thing. And then Sunday, uh, did the setup. Um, everything went good. We got all the you know, got the studio set two, three hours and, you know, and I was just waiting on Don Bain to show up with lights and told the guys, okay, uh, we'll see you Monday around noon. And, you know, we got over to the studio Monday at noon and I got everything fired up and just double checking everything. And I decided to test my live stream because, you know, that's, you know, we checked the bandwidth, the bandwidth's good. I got 30 up, 30 down. I'm, you know, I'm good. And I hit stream on the uh, TriCaster and it went, it flipped me the bird. <laughs> it wouldn't stream. It wouldn't stream. And that turned into a nightmare of five or six hours of troubleshooting. And it turned out to be this obscure driver that needed to be updated that New Tech didn't tell anybody about. And uh, I, they got raked. I mean, I raked them over the coals. You know, that's just something that's supposed to work. You know, that's not something that's ever supposed to break. You know, you expect other things to break, break in the TriCaster, but it is a streaming device, you know, and this, yeah, this, yeah. the stream as well, it did. So, but anyway, we're all good. Tuesday, um, show opens. We already got booked. We're booked full, but it rained, Rob, Monday and Tuesday in Vegas. You know how it wow. is. And you, have you ever been to Vegas when it rains? Not really. They don't uh -huh. have storm drains. <laughs> Oh, okay. That's because it usually doesn't rain. In right, place. right. So everything flooded, you know, everything. And uh, oh. it is the first day of the show. And I'm just thinking to myself, we're, we're, we're screwed because I had planned to go to an event on Monday night and get, you know, 20 interviews and have Phil for Tuesday morning when we went live. That's what we always do. We have mm -hmm. Phil because we know people aren't going to make it on time. It's Vegas, you know, the time space continuum. They think, oh, I just walk over there in five minutes, and two hours later, they get there, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we had sporadic guests uh, Tuesday morning. First couple hours in was really rough because I, I just, I didn't have nothing to cover with. I'd seen nothing but this little 10 by 12 room I was in. And, uh, so finally, uh, the guests started arriving on time. And, uh, so Tuesday in the bag, pretty good. I got a lot of good stuff on the floor where we were at was perfect. Then on 
know, there was some internet trouble. I can't remember which day we had the big internet trouble, but I had ordered five dedicated IPs and you have to in advance tell them what you need so you get an allocation. And uh, they were using DHCP, but the, the block I was in only had 13 IPs on it and 37 people competing for those 13 IPs. So you can imagine the chaos that ensued. Um, I get knocked offline and I had um, a conversation. <laughs> Let's just let's just put it that way. I had a conversation um, with the CTA um, about this situation, um, and uh, yes, it got fixed. But we had major, major, major trouble. Um, bandwidth was was good. It was the uh, infrastructure within SANS, brand new tech group, and. A lot of people putting in computers that they had not pre-authorized that needed an IP. So it, uh, that's what happens with a lot of independents. If they don't do these shows and if they don't go to these events, um, they just don't know. You know, when they ask, well, how many computers are you going to have? And they say, well, I'm, I'm going to have two. And they say, okay, you need two IPs. And they bring five. And so anyway, that was the, was really the, but otherwise... Um, matter of fact, I got much to my wife's chagrin. I have the, the, tri the other TriCaster set up on the kitchen table, copying media off and, uh, I've got to get uh, production started. I got to ship drives to a guy that's going to be doing post-production. So we can get the post, the content starting to be published on, uh, on the website from all these interviews. But I, you know, I think I did 40 to 50 floor interviews. And then of course I was in the booth or in the broadcast for two to three hours lots of it was great we were working talking with all startups and some had products some had some coming to market and i'm i'm totally jazzed and what we found we had the um shark tank next to us they were working out of a room one day um and then uh periodically people coming in different groups i had radio people next door and and, but when we had first showed up, they told us, and we had already sent all of the emails, hundreds of emails to vendors saying, this is our location. This is where we're going to be. Here's the map here. You know, we do everything to make it easy for people to find us. We even draw like lines and stuff from the entrance so people can, because yeah. it's, it, it just, it's hard to navigate. It's a maze. Yeah. It's a maze. Yeah. So totally. we had already sent all those emails out and we got there. The lady said, I got you downstairs and I'm like, and we're like, no, we're up here. Well, I have a note here that you want to be downstairs. I said, yeah, I said that in July <laughs> that I want to be downstairs. She said, well, we had the person was going to do that, uh, that podium cancel. So they were on an 18 by 18 rised. Oh, Rob. So it would have been, the best locate, but I just couldn't switch. So, um, I said, as we were leaving on Friday, I'm like, uh, okay, I'm, I'm bidding right now. I want that, uh, I want that location. Um, and you see, we've been here working all week, all the way up to the end and no one else, you know, no one else in the building did what we did or, you know, and, you know, I think when people, and we hadn't been in the sands, we worked out of the North hall for years. 
So this lady was, she's like, you guys are a machine. I've, I've, you know, you guys are just sitting here cranking it. And, um, but anyway, it was a good show. Mm -hmm. That's good. So what did you find out, you know, from a technology perspective out there that really wowed you? What was the big thing? Did you venture down at all into the, um, the kind of, uh, you know, voice assistant areas or see what was happening with cars or everything is, everything's voice assisted. Amazon, I tell you who wasn't at the show. I saw nothing from Cortana. Any and no boost had anything from Cortana, but huge, huge integration with uh, Amazon and uh, Google. Huge, huge integration. If you didn't have a, uh, you know, A L E X A enabled or Google Home enabled or every booth, every booth uh, mm-hmm. that had some sort of product that there was some interactivity to it. Um, had some sort of integration. If it wasn't, it's planned, it's coming. Um, it's the Internet of Things in the home um, is the floor that we were on was all home innovation. And in the early days, and I, I, I had to laugh because we were there in the very early days when this IoT stuff started popping up and there was one or two booths and you know, the wireless protocols and all this stuff that, and there's still a battle going on with that. But the, now is a whole floor and it's very hard. I would walk into a home automation booth and I'd be like, what do you have that's different? And the guy would go, well, we've got this uh, switch that, uh, nope, that's, that was five years ago. What do you have that's different? Yeah. So trying to find some new category, something new that would wow me. Believe it or not, the only thing, the only thing I truly found in the home innovation space, and I do I have, uh, I don't know where the, probably the only piece of paper I picked up at the whole show was a standard electric socket, a three-pronged socket that's in the wall, the only difference is, is the middle part in between the two plugs is a removable module. So you could put in a Wi-Fi, you could put in a charger, you could put in, they had like a dozen different little modules that allowed you to do different things with that single plug. Startup. So is it con- like a USB port or something? It could or be it anything. A- I mean, they had... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the or a lightning bolt or yeah, you name it, they had it, and it was. And again, you could change the module out for whatever you needed for whatever that plug uh, okay. was going to do. That was the only thing because most of these plugs are uh, single, uh, single um, function. In other words, it's a plug with a USB, or yeah. it's. But this, you could build it, modularize it out to do what you wanted to do. Control. Um, yeah. But I'm going to tell you where home automation is going. And with most of these, okay, if you've got in your house today, if you've got electrical outlets, if you've got lights, if you've got things that you can control. Okay, door you, locks is a big thing. Locks, I put those into my house. Yeah, I put those into my house. Yeah, I, can, I can control my doors with an app. Thermostats, yeah. anything. Yeah. Your refrigerator, all the the home appliances are going to be connected. You have to have a base station for that. And sometimes if you've got two or three different um, protocols, you need a base station that can basically do everything. So now 
I saw a guy, they had a base station in a uh, garage, a retrofit for a garage door opener that would allow you to open your garage door, or, or to, number one, close your garage door from work or um, alert you that it's open after a certain time. It's, it's, it's basically a, a, a function to help your garage, control your garage door. And they built a base station into that. And I'm like, why would you build a base station into a garage door? He says, well, we're going to tie to the alarm system, this and that, and this and that. And I, and what I found out from industry representatives is that every device that comes into your home is the battle is for the base station, the, the station yeah. that talks to everything. Well, the, the 8,000 pound gorilla you know who's going to be the base station? Going to be the ISP. Uh-uh. Right. Uh-uh. Uh, the, the modem? The base station no. is going to be Google Home and Amazon oh. Alexa. It's going to be... Oh, I see. They're going to be the base station that's going to control everything. And people are... I talked to one guy privately. I'm like, we got off the air and I said, your business model, you guys, this is your business. You make base stations. I said, "You're, a, you're on, you're on, you're on the clock." He says, "We know," because he knows that as soon as all these protocols that communicate with these devices are built into all of the, you know, in Google and Apple and everyone else will be smart to build that those protocols into these smart home devices, and so you will just be like, you know. Uh, Alexa, turn on the lights, or I'm going to bed, or Google Home, I'm doing this, or I'm doing that, and it will control all your smart devices. So that that's who's in trouble, but uh, that's who's going to be controlling our home automation. Yeah, because I have in in my house, I I have two kind of base controllers that that use Wi-Fi and in Bluetooth to communicate to devices. So there is a protocol that's out there. Um, it's like a, that exists, I guess, that enables that communication. And, and you get these little plugins that plug into wall outlets right. that you need to keep close to your, <clears throat> your home automation devices. So it has a, uh, a pathway to communicate um, to the internet. Right. 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 So you have to um, have those. So what you're talking about is, and a lot of these are already connected to Alexa right now. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you can voice control them because they're using the same yep. kind of Bluetooth and Wi-Fi connections. Yep. So, yep. Um, so what you're talking about here is that the Alexa and these um, these smart home agents will be the base station. Now the only question that I can think of as I deployed this myself would be those Alexa devices need to be scattered throughout the home um, to be able to communicate to the um, to each of the, the devices in every room of the house. So uh, one Alexa is not going to be able to cover a, like a four-bedroom house. It's no. going to have to be multiple Alexas. Yeah, or there will be extenders like there are now. But what's yeah. also coming is that there was an announcement made that – and and. I haven't, it was late, so I didn't get all the information is apparently now in my house, we've got, I've got an echo in the bedroom. 
I've yeah. got uh, the one with the screen on it here in the office. In the living room, there's a full-blown stall, the tall one. And then my daughter has one. So there's already four in my house. Yeah. And they're scattered around in your house. Right. right. So, and and they're going to be yeah. able to talk to each other soon. Yeah. You're going to be able to say, play ACDC on one and it'll play on all. Yeah. You'll be able to, to link them. And that's what Sonos does. Sonos, that's why I love Sonos is they've got beautifully sounding speakers. They're interconnected. I can, I can fire the whole house up with Sonos. Well, yeah. with them interconnecting these and making them talk to each other now, uh, it, it's, it's big. But so anyway, that's home innovation. The IOT of things is, you know, big. And then of course, in the startup section, we saw just about everything we could imagine. France, France was huge at CES. Had a huge delegation. So I'm looking this topic up a little bit right now about the, the, these connections and how these smart speakers are going to come into the, to the home. Now, Apple has a technology called Apple HomeKit. Yep. Um, and then there's Google, which is basically the Google Assistant technology. Um, and there's a bunch of other ones out there, too that are vying for a place here too. You know, if you think about Nest and Honeywell and, and uh, Logitech is getting involved in this space. I mean, um, all sorts of companies are, oh, and then the one that's, that seems to come up a lot is a technology called Z-Wave. Yeah, Z-Wave is really, everything, okay, Z-Wave is king right now, but there are about yeah. five protocols. I, I would say if you're going to buy something, you need to make sure it's got the Z-Wave symbol on it. Correct. Um, and basically what Alexa and, and I'm, we're probably totally screwing up people that are trying to listen to the show on Amazon devices today, but <laughs> the Amazon devices will all have Z-Wave in them. And yeah. so will Google Home. And I don't know if they do already or not, but they, they here's the thing. These, they never were able to, these alliances were never able to get their acts together to yep. consolidate into one. So they're, they're interoperating between each other. So Z-Wave and all the other ones are Zigbee and uh, all the other ones that are out there will have to be built into these devices. So yeah, yeah. That Z-Wave technology is the connecting glue that enables right, these, right. these communications across all these different devices. Yep. Um, you know, and I guess as we think about, Podcasting, and I think you had mentioned this before. I, I think you can, you can have these things networked up. Um, uh, the these smart agent technologies or these uh, smart speakers will will be on your phone. They're going to be in your car. They're going to be probably on a device in your bathroom. They could be on your refrigerator. They could be on you know wherever you happen to be in the home. That there could be one of these technologies integrated into a device that you have, and I think that's ultimately where it's going. Well, it, um, for sure. And, so you're going to be able to get access to a podcast no matter where you are. No probably. matter where you're at, yeah. And here's the here's the kicker. You need, and most of us have seen this. Do you have a route that you drive every day? If, if you know, I take my kids to school every morning and uh, I have to drive into town and uh, get in the car and uh, I basically click Google Maps. Um, then I click the destination and it automatically knows I'm going to Montalo high school. It just knows that's a route. I'm always going Google smart enough to know that I click that 
And what I'm looking for is transit time. How long it's going to take me to get there. So we're going to get to a point here with all this media where they know uh, some of the shows I listen to, I listen to on a regular basis. As soon as they're out, I listen to them. I'm going to get prompted to listen to such and such show. Uh, At a certain time during a certain behavior that you do with your device, these devices are going to be able to project what we're going to do in our lives based on our calendar, our usual patterns of, um, of operation, those GPS trackings in those devices are going to know where we typically go on certain days if we're in the, into a pattern. And they're going to basically be like one step ahead of us well, in know, our lives. You know, part yeah. of the, a security alert that just came out for computers, especially folks that are running uh, high-end Intel chips, is yeah. that those computers' chips are designed to be thinking, what is he going to do next? And start yeah. those processes. And that's, what, that's what's caused a security hole. In Intel chips, is there's a there's a there's a time frame where something could be injected um, into that wow. process, and yeah. it's a big thing that's going on in the tech world right now. Lots of updates from Intel, from Microsoft, everyone, but it's more of that, uh, more of that. And again, it's 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 not AI yet, but it's it's pattern. You know, it's it's our lifestyle patterns that are you know we're all creatures of habit. You know, you yeah, almost... it feels like Todd. Yeah, I mean, we we are creatures of that, but it feels like we're on the cusp of a of a really big change um, with AI um, and with these um, augmented reality experiences, plus um, automation in the car. Um, I think over the next five to ten years, and it's going to impact podcasting. I think in a big way. Uh, in how people discover and listen to podcasts on a, on a regular basis, your device is going to know your patterns and know what your subscriptions are and know when you listen to certain shows. And it, like you said, it's going to prompt you. It's like, do you want to listen to the new media show um, at a certain time that you usually do that? It's going to know that. And I guess my question for for these podcast listening platforms, the the big ones out there, the Apples and the and the Googles and what they're working on in the back end and is um, how, how much integration is going to happen um, with this. I, I think we're starting to see it with Amazon more. Uh, it, it feels kind of early in that process, Todd, but, but these things are going to be significant in how we experience podcasts, it feels like anyway. Yeah. So I, I just, it's from home innovation standpoint, it's uh you know, you almost don't even have to pick your poison now because you can, used to be, you had to buy all from the same vendor. You know, now you don't necessarily have to. You can pick and choose yeah. on yeah. what's the best. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are concerned about home automation. And, you know, I'm one of those that, yeah. you know, it that could have, be hacked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and, it's like a. Yeah, it's like electric uh, or electronic door locks on your car, right? Yeah, drives my kids crazy. They 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 they'll holler at the Amazon device and it won't react. It's because I've had the microphone muted. <laughs> you know, they go over there and they're they're like, "Why you do that, Dad?" I'm like, "I don't. You haven't talked to the device in two days. Does it need to sit there and be listening to the conversations for two days?" Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not saying that that anything spying's going on but you know who knows right yeah 
Yeah, well, it's a great time for the NSA, isn't it, Todd? Well, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Somebody's mum about that, aren't they? <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. So it's it's a um, it's an interesting time. Uh, it really, really is. But you know, as far as the content consumption goes, um, I saw one company. I had to laugh. I walked into the booth and. They had, it was, it was really, really dumb. They begged me as I had, you know, a PR person was out in the hallway and begged, yeah. begged me to come in. And then, you know, it's, it's a, and, and I told the guys, those would be like the mercy, mercy interviews. You know, we would, we would sometimes do a mercy interview, mercy interview. and walked into the booth. And uh, this guy says, oh, I got this artificial intelligence smart device here. And I'm like, oh, great. Hi. How are you? And I, I spoke to it. It didn't do nothing. And I said, so, you know, how do you, how do you interact with this thing? And they told me and they stood there for 15 minutes trying to get it to work. And he, he, the guy was so pissed because you know how it is at CES. So you, you've got, you know, 5,000 Wi-Fi channels, a hundred thousand Bluetooth. It, it's nothing. It, interconnected stuff doesn't work. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you want some advice, if you go to Vegas for a show like that, you better wire things up. So they're wired and not wireless. But anyway, um, you know, and, I, and, you know, he talked to me about what's going on. We weren't going to do an interview because he couldn't get to work. But I looked over on the screen and I said, oh, you got podcast integration. He says, oh, yeah. I says, we, we do. And, and, and be honest with you, Rob, I don't even remember the company. I, I, I've got their card somewhere. I'll, I'll find it. And I'm like, where are you uh, populating your directory from? And he told me some company. And I said, I've never heard of that company. And then, of course, I broke out the other business card. I said, hey, this is my other hat. This is what I, and I do to pay, uh, to, what they do in the podcasting space. And uh, so we talked a little bit. And I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm so, sorry, I'd, I've never heard of the company that you, you, so they're feeding their podcast directory from some third party out there that um, I'm going to have to go research. But it was kind of funny. He had podcasts built into their home entertainment platform. And it was their own deal. It was not, uh, it was something custom that they did. So, you know, podcasting is, uh, last place I ever expect to see a, a menu item for podcasts was in that booth and, uh, and we did. So, um, it just goes to show you that companies are aware and they, it's an important medium. So that's good for us. Yeah. No, I think it is. I mean, I think this, this medium is, is reached that plateau of, of being as cool as um, Facebook and Twitter was back in the early days of their um, their expansion as well. It just feels like it's it's now kind of taken its place where it's <clears throat> kind of always deserved to be, but it's um, it's it, it took a little longer because of the distraction of Facebook and Twitter and and the, the expansion of social media kind of I, I think kind of took the the public um, I away from podcasting for a few years and, um, now it's clearly back. So while we were, I think while we were gone, they had the, the iHeartMedia shakeup where they were preloading, uh, media in their web players. Oh, and their players. Yeah. yeah. That made the news and they got removed from PodTrack's top 10 listing. Um, I just don't understand why PodTrack wasn't, like monitoring that, why they didn't know. 
Yeah. That's something, well, Todd, that, something we that watch for. That whole problem of preloading uh, into audio players has been a problem that's been around in the space for, what, what 10 years now? Well, <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's nothing new. It's it's yeah. more with HTML5, you know, since that, yeah. Yeah. you know, wasn't so much with uh, JavaScript players from early days, but now it, you know, that's just like, and, and, you know, I've even known some yeah. third-party podcast players that have had this issue in the past. And we've had to send, you know, emails to those devs saying, hey, you're preloading. You know, uh, we put you on a blacklist until you fix that. Um, I mean, whether it's done on purpose or by accident. Well, right? sometimes it's, I think it's ignorance. They just don't know, you know. It's, yeah. Whoever yeah. does their dev work didn't know not to set that setting. It's easy. It's, you know, yeah. so most of them, it's probably a five-minute dev fix, you know. So once they, once they put the... You know, no, no preload statement in there. They're okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. and of course, uh, news out of uh, Pandora talking about launching this Gnome. Uh, is that the right way to pronounce that? The Gnome project, or did you read about that? Oh, the genome. Genome. Project. There we go. Okay, Toddism there. The genome <laughs> project for podcasting. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting move. They are going to monetize podcasting in a way that no one ever has. I think there's 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 a few other folks that are making proclamations like that too. So, yeah. But, We're in a new era here, Todd. I mean, these big companies <laughs> are going to come in and uh, try and uh, put their little magic sauce on this medium. And it, the jury's out if any of it's going to succeed. Well, it, if they yeah. come on and monetize the content within Pandora, great. But I, I don't know how they're going to monetize it anywhere else. You know? Well, the, well, yeah. Are they going to... Become hosting providers? Uh, yeah, exactly. It, it, and I just don't see that happening. I just don't see these big new players coming into the space, getting into the hosting platform. Because their business models are not about distributing content that's on their platform to other people's right. platforms right <laughs> it's just not what right. they do right? right um none of them do that um you know i could see you know i mean obviously apple uh, doesn't do it uh the only players that do it are guys like us you know yep. with our platforms yeah uh because we're independent of these listening platforms that are only about gathering audience for their platform yeah right? they're not into that's what's always been a little bit of a misnomer about SoundCloud mm -hmm. is that SoundCloud is a lot like these other guys, right? They're, sure. they, they care about building audience on SoundCloud. They don't care about building audience on iTunes. Why would they care about that? Well, and, so, they, and they made it very evident. They've, uh, they've made it harder to distribute outside of SoundCloud. They want people to come back to SoundCloud. They don't want them on Todd's site. They want them at SoundCloud.com. And th that's why, you know, I feel that this way about SoundCloud is that um, they're always going to have a half-hearted effort around podcast syndication. I mean, that's just, I mean, I've talked to them before about this topic and they, they only do it because it's, they know that that's the only way they can get the content. Right. It's not their end all, you know, it's not a major pillar of their company is to distribute podcasts to iTunes or to Spotify. <laughs> well, to, the product, you know been, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, the product over there has been largely abandoned. They haven't introduced the new yeah. RSS feed tags or yeah. anything. So, um, you know, yeah. it, it, it is what it is. But, 
I mean, yeah. it's possible that Google could get into hosting podcasts like they did with YouTube, but I also don't see that as something that they're they're likely to do, though. Well, just look what uh, YouTube just did. They just put the hammer down on YouTube creators. So yeah. if, you, if you've not had 4,000, listen to this, 4,000 hours of listening on your YouTube channel, you're getting demonetized. I, you know, I... I laugh about that too, because I got the notice on my channel. You're being demonetized on February 22nd. You haven't reached 4,000 listening hours in a, in a year. And I knew I wasn't going to make it. I don't promote YouTube, right? We stream on YouTube. And uh, I I did the math for 2017. Just to run the report, I had like, 3,100 and some hours of listening time on YouTube. Well, I'm getting close, but what did that equate to in dollars? Like, I think my total YouTube payments for 2017 was like 80 bucks. You know, well, so <laughs> what is that? Yeah. You know, it's nothing, you know? Well, and what is demonetized anyway? Does that mean that you can't make money off of your content anymore? No, they they will not run advertising on a channel that's not getting 4,000 hours of views a year. So that kills about 98, 99% of all YouTube channels will be demonetized. There'll be no, you can still be on YouTube. They can still advertise on your in your video. You're not getting paid for it. So they've completely, yeah. it's it, it, anyone that was making any money whatsoever on YouTube, 98, 99% of the folks that are on YouTube today will have, a, YouTube gets to host that content, gets to monetize it, gets to keep every dollar of that revenue. And those that have 4,000 hours of people listening to the show on a annual basis will be able to make some money. But like I said, I was 3,000 some hours and my total YouTube payments were like 80 bucks for the year. Okay, so I wasn't making any money anyway, right? Yeah, so, so why why would um, YouTube and Google do this? I mean, what's their <clears throat> what's the end game here? I, I would think that that would have cut, it's to that's going to cut their revenue, it's, isn't it? It's Wouldn't not going to cut their revenue. revenue. They, they're going to make more revenue because they don't have to pay me a percentage anymore. So they still oh. get to monetize my content. Okay. But the they're trying to focus all the advertising into the top creators. So the cream uh. is completely rose to the top. So if they've taken this approach with YouTube, think about that yeah. for podcasting. Think all, about that. Only well, the there's, cream. Yeah, there's two directions it can go, right? It can either all that energy that has been going into YouTube is now going to shift over to podcasting from a creator perspective. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, or it's going to follow the same pattern. It's going to where the big shows get bigger and right. the big advertisers only advertise on the big shows yep. and yep. the smaller shows get forgotten about. Yeah, they get thrown to the curb. Yep. Yeah. So they don't have time for the smaller volume. That's yeah. what it boils down to. They well, it's don't. the TV model, right? It's yeah. the TV model. But do you think there would be a business opportunity now where you could go to YouTube and say, listen, we'll do revenue share if you let us advertise, run advertising in these shows that you're not monetizing? That you're well, not- especially if you can open it up to be a direct buy from a company right. 
buying buying directly versus going right. through agencies. I think agencies are where the issues are. Well, the agencies are and PR firms, yeah. You know, yeah. it's, 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 you know, and it's the agency mindset we've talked about on this show many times. You've got a person that's controlling millions of dollars. I met a guy at CES who handled the Bud Light account. Now think about that. He controlled him, this 20 some year old guy, and controls the entire digital spend of Bud Light for Budweiser. Uh huh. Now, Imagine the power that guy has to put dollars where he wants. Big, they, Budweiser spends big money in the space, right? Yeah. I said, have you ever thought about advertising in podcasts? And, you know, we, we talk a little bit about it. You know, I'll take a Bud Light commercial. Um, and it's a scale thing, truly a scale. You know, he's used to writing million dollar checks, you know. And uh, so he's, you know, he's in a position where he's got to do well for two or three years. Keep the, you know, keep the Bud Light, con- you know, he's got people under him, but he's the, he's the dude for Bud Light. And uh, so he's got to be able to, you know, make his numbers and he's not going to put any dollars at risk so that he can move up the, up the chain and become a VP or something of a company. You know, so most of these accounts that now this is a big account, but most accounts are held by, you know, 20 to 23 to 26 year olds. And they had a two, three years old in the tunnels to two or three years in the tunnels to move up. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where this goes. But (coughs) so, but uh, we're, we completely went like, weird around topics here let's talk yes, we have. let's talk about um spotify they made some announcements this week matter of fact i had a reporter yes. call me from the wall street journal wanted to talk and i said i'm i can't right now <laughs> so uh he said oh i said yeah so what do you think about the spotify announcement rob yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't wind up talking to him either, so. Oh, you had a call from a reporter, too. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, like I said, I, I don't know that I want to go on record specifically talking about what Spotify is doing here too much. But um, I think we can give our... Our, our, our opinions about what Spotify is doing here, but I, we can't talk specifics on our relationships with them. Right, right. So, but yeah. did, you know, this visual, visual stuff they announced with Gimlet and some other folks is kind of interesting. So, yeah. do people actually look at their devices while they're listening to content? No, that's my question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll answer that one very quickly. No. Yeah. So, so. They're trying to combine the, what they think the generation of um, that they're catering to, right? The younger generation that's in the in into video, right? But I just I don't know that you know I I don't know that it's going to work. I think they're trying to mash two things together that don't go together. It, it it's so, a it's a lot of work to do that extra, you know putting stuff up there. I, I I just, I don't know. I, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I guess we're, 
we're doing video uh, with this podcast, so I suppose it can do it. I, I'm just not sure what it means from a production standpoint. It looks like that they're working with specific partners to create content for this. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, who knows, you know, look, I, I've got an open mind. They can, they can try it and see how it works out. Um, not everybody's going to want to do this. Yeah. It's a lot of work. So, yeah, a lot yeah. of work to add that visual component on there. I, I, I'm definitely going to, you know, see if I can look at it, see what it looks like, but yeah. They're working with like BuzzFeed, yeah. uh, Cheddar, Crooked Media, Lenny Letter, Gimlet Media. So Gimlet's probably going to have their their programs. They're going to come up with some sort of visual element that goes along with their 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 audio programs. Uh, it's going to add cost production time, um, you know, unless they can monetize it in a little bit more significant way. I you know it may be a money losing proposition, um, but they're probably going to gain more audience. You know, like we've always said, Todd, video is a powerful aspect of yeah. building audience. So, you know, it, it could work to some degree. Mm -hmm. So other than that, what's, uh, what have you been seeing new? Anything? It's early in the year uh, here. Yeah, it is kind of early in the year. You know, if, for me, it's been really all about planning for the next year. Um, you know, w what events I'm going to be going to, what events we're sponsoring, um, planning and, and getting things pulled together. I know that's probably what you've been doing as well, uh, to some degree. Um, you're probably going to be doing it more here coming up, but, uh, there's a, there's a, some good events coming up this next year and around the podcasting space and, and, you know, uh, Spreaker's got some big plans and I'm sure you do too, Todd, uh, things that are going to roll out that are new and different. And, um, so, you know, it, it's, it's an exciting time to be in this medium. One thing I, I kind of was grumbling about is the direction podcast movement has taken and they're going oh. to three hour, three days of full sessions during the middle of the week, right? In the middle of the week. And yeah. I, I, it's obviously that they're really super catering on the business focused folks. And I understand that, but <coughs> the independent con, the independent content creators. Well, that's not what that show's catering to as much now. Uh, you know, well, yeah, because if they did, they'd have a, they'd have an overlap day. They'd go Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, yeah. And, that way people wouldn't have to take 40 hours because it's it's a full week. If you, if you fly it on Monday, get there for Tuesday, yep. Wednesday, Thursday, you fly home on Friday, people have to take a full week of vacation. That's a hard yeah. sell. That's a hard, hard sell for um, someone that's doing this part-time. Well, it's probably no... No coincidence that it's being held in Philadelphia, right? Uh, right in between Washington D.C. and New York and New Jersey, that area up there, which has a lot of podcast business people. So, yeah, I, I would imagine we're we're going to see a lot of public radio there this year. We're going to see a lot of commercial radio at that event this year too. Um, so it's it's becoming a bigger business type of show. Yeah, I think. So I guess those that, people like to work Monday through Friday. They yeah, like they to do. Fly home on on, on Friday nights and yep. have their weekends with their families. Mm -hmm. That's 
I think that's the goal of the show this year. And you look at PodFest, who understands the indie community, and I think they have a huge opportunity here to bring yeah. in more independence to that show. Yeah. It's yeah. still kind of regional from its, uh, you know, line of people that are speaking and so forth. It's very regionalized. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, matter of fact, some of the keynote people are exactly the same as last year. So, which, I don't know if that's always a, a good idea, but they do have, uh, you know, they do have some room here to, to become a bigger show as well. Um, yeah. And maybe some of these regional shows will be bigger this year too. I, I don't know. But uh, whenever you have an event where people have to take a week's worth of vacation, you know, even for me, let's, let's think about this. NAB, 130,000 people. CES, 200,000 people. They're, oh, it's at 200,000 people yeah, now? Yeah, 200, yep. CES? Yep. Holy smokes. Yeah, wow. that's part of the reason why it's gotten so big. Um it, it's it's a it that is a those are high end I mean those are during the week okay I I don't know I I guess I'm I'm crying in my in my my glass of water here but um for me as a a person that's coming in there and doing business at podcast movement um you know we're there to talk to new customers too and if they're not there you know. Yeah then you know that it's you know i'm there to wave the flag and we support the show but we also got to figure out a way to uh to pay for that investment of having the, you know a team of people there for a week yep yep so i i, I agree with you todd i think uh, it, it's a pathway that makes it a less um a less attractive show for podcast hosting platforms that's yeah. for sure i mean it's not catering to <clears throat> beginner podcasters quite as much it's going to be interesting to see what percentage of people that are at that event that are just starting a podcast kind of like what we saw yeah. at, at podcon right oh, that podcon was, was a amazing was an amazing event, amazing right? yeah and are we going to see podcon again you know i think right. that's that's a big question mark too uh that may be the single best you know, <coughs> new show recruiting event no. of of 2018 for, for sure for sure yeah. yeah if if they hold it again yeah if they it's you know i'll go on there with a different uh different game plan you know yeah. for uh for 18 if they do it again so yeah i'm not gonna work the booth <laughs> no. well, we need younger people in the booth for sure yeah exactly yeah because we were like the two grandpas there you know yeah exactly the uh the ops is what i'm being called now on on uh, on, on facebook now uh, op what's an op I, I it's original podcaster oh that's what they that's what they're calling us is an original is that it <laughs> i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing is it well, I guess it it it, it kind of straddles the the line. I was surprised I got a I I got a, a message on Facebook from somebody saying, "So you're an OP, aren't you?" And I go, oh, "I think so." OP <laughs> is that a good thing? Yeah, yeah. Or does that mean um, old podcaster? I'm not quite sure. 
Oh, <laughs> probably both. So I like anyway. the, I like the, I don't know. Would you, would you rather be called a legacy podcaster or a OP? I would, I would probably be okay with the word, um, original podcaster. So, yeah. Or, or, um, or PP pioneering podcaster. <laughs> how about, how about current podcaster? All right. <laughs> <My> current podcaster. <laughs> I want to be a CP, right, Todd? What's that? A current podcaster. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. CP. Yep. Of course. <laughs> see, see, we can come up with our own uh, acronyms right. here That's and right. put them out there. We sure can. Yeah. Uh, oh, Todd, I, I coined a new, uh, new, uh, podcasting term this week based on what I'm starting to see in the medium right now is a, a, um, podcast never or a pod never pod never. That's what it is. Those are the ones that, uh, start down the path of starting a podcast and get frustrated and stop. Interesting. <laughs> do they have to start to actually be, or they just never get to the point of starting? They, they, they get an account, they go through the process of starting to get going. Um, uh, and then they, they quit because it's, they don't understand or it's too hard. I shouldn't say this too loud, Rob, but don't we love those kinds of customers? Well, we do, <laughs> because, to, but, because, because but they do like, like, uh, you know, we, we, we have to hold their hands though. That's, you oh, know, well, I mean, I mean, some of these new people are coming into the podcasting space um, unless you hold their hand through the setup process, yeah. they're not going to make it. Yeah. Sorry. That's why. Okay. I'm, I'll be quiet here, but that's why I'm adding support people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, it's part of the process. It's part of, I mean, this isn't a negative thing. Right. This is like, this it's, is, this medium is attracting new people to podcasting in droves. In right? droves. And, and a lot of these folks just don't, have the background knowledge uh, of of what an RSS feed is and where to they go don't get care. It, they don't how care. to how you know how to plug in a microphone yeah. how to use a microphone there there's a lot of basic skills that mm -hmm. are not there with some of these folks so you have to you know I'm I've been spending more and more time working with I mean even people that are coming in and setting up networks you're having to hold their hand a yep. lot more now than yep. what we used to do yeah so. Um, and some of them never make it through the process. They get frustrated. Well, not only, not only small groups, big groups too, big companies wanting to yeah. set up networks that are, that yeah. need incredible amount of handholding. So, yeah. And it's, and it's not that it's, it's tremendously difficult to do this stuff. It just, <laughs> sometimes the, the patience and the urgency, um, exceeds that process. Right. Um, and it's, and it, it doesn't always, I mean, eventually they'll get there, but they'll, they'll make a lot of mistakes along the way. And you have to come in and kind of clean up some of the, the errors that they've made and their understanding, you know, of even like what an RSS feed is. I, I still think that and though we've worked hard, I think in this medium to simplify it and to make it much easier, uh, we still have a long way to go. And a lot of it, a lot of the problems that I see happening are more with the technology uh, with computers, uh, we're, we're, we're getting into using more and more USB microphones, um, that are, that create driver conflicts. They, you know, what driver do you use? 
Um, you're having to turn off microphones um, that are embedded in your device and use, you know, and use different drivers and people are having to understand these things. And these can be complex things, especially you're dealing with windows. I think Mac is probably a little easier for people to, um, to do this stuff with, but windows can be a complex uh, world to do anything with audio. Well, there was, I had to laugh because there was a, a gal that was running a Mac who had an ATR 2100 who yeah. made confession on a Facebook post that she'd been doing her show for nine months, speaking into the mic, only to find that she was recording the show through her microphone on her computer. Computer, yep. That's exactly nine, what I'm talking Nine months. Yeah, and those recordings are going to sound echoey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, my show sounds so much better. I'm like, yeah, mm, yeah of course. So, so I, you know... What this means is that I think all of us are going to need to put a little more effort into, especially those in the hosting um, arena, in creating educational um, content um, to help new podcasters understand some of the, the details that go into doing this stuff. It's still not as easy, and I, I still want to push the envelope on making this easier. But the problem with making it easier is that you sometimes compromise the the opportunities sometimes to do it in a better way um, because it, dumbing it down doesn't always equate to better content. We tried to I you know when we made changes whoops when we made changes to some of our stuff I equivalent to I want it to be the easy button. And matter of fact, yeah. some of the stuff I'm going to be doing this year is going to be focused around some of these exact issues that you've got, Rob, because it's it, it's it's dead on. Um. You know, it, yeah. it, people have changed universally in that, well, they don't, they, they don't want to do any research, none, zero. Get they them want to somebody to tell them how to do it. <clears throat> that's, that's part of, part of the reason why, Todd, you, you, you made a post that 2018 was going to be another boom year for podcast consultants. It, it will right? be. It will be a boom yeah. year for consultants, but we got because of this, and we got a lot of, cons of consultants coming on. Well, I, I didn't say it was going to be a boom year. I was saying we're going to have be a good year. But at the same point, there's a lot of fly by night people are. I, I got an email. Some Rick just talked about it in the chat room. Mm -hmm. He invited me to a mastermind, twenty five hundred bucks to a mastermind he's holding, and I, I was like, didn't even tell me what the mastermind was. I'm like, what kind of mastermind are you having for twenty five hundred dollars? You know, and it's just the same type of caca um, that continues to resurface itself. So what we're going to have is we're going to have another round, and it's we're about we're due we're due for another round of um, masterminds, gurus, tribes, all this bullshit that people um, these yeah. keywords people use, and yet they don't know anything. Um, and we're going to, and guess what's going to end up happening? My true masterminds at raw voice, my true tribe, my gurus are going to end up going behind and cleaning up the mess. Just like we have for years and years and years. And you guys are going to be facing the same thing. Um, so we'll, we'll see where it goes. Oh, I think we know where it's going to go somewhat, right? It's just how, how far and how wide. And but, can can we take control of this problem by putting out educational 
content. Well, as a medium, yeah, I, yeah. I think so. But again, you've got to get them to watch. They don't want to watch. You know, oh, that's true. Mike, we, we send a, a welcome email that usually they buy a service and they immediately get an email with all the links in it. It's got everything in it. Yeah. That, and they e- still that email largely never gets clicked. Anything in the email gets clicked. Then the next day we do a follow up email that's more personalized to them directly that mm-hmm. then r- results in an immediate explosion of our telephone ringing. Uh, yeah. How can I do this? How can I do this? Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? It's usually five minutes on off. It's just one maybe thing that they're stuck on. And then you end up getting the customer that uh, is the one that you've spent hours with. Um, you know, that, that you're at the end of the patience with them. And then they say, well, I'm going to now. Okay. Thank you very much for all your help. Now I'm going to go over to this company and do something. And, and they come to you or they go to Rob or they, you know, whoever they go to. And I'm thinking, oh, those poor support people over there. And at the same time, we're kind of like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it, you want to help people get started, but boy, oh boy, it's, um, people are not willing to do any, Watch a, a you know watch a twelve minute video, watch a twelve minute video. Nope, don't have time to watch a twelve minute video. Yeah, well. <laughs> so if you do any instructional videos, Rob, three minutes, four minutes tops. That's it. Tops. Yeah. Be very specific. Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. Because the the attention span isn't there. No. 12 minutes. I got to watch this for 12 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if there's any reason for them to hit pause in that video, it's already too long. You know, it's, I I don't think it's just the way things are these days. So Todd is, uh, Siri, uh, connected up with the, um, audio podcast platform with Apple yet. Is the what? Is Siri connected up with the Apple podcast platform? Be honest with you, I don't know. I saw an article came out here. Um, It says, Apple Siri voice assistant is getting closer relationship with podcasts. When asking Siri for news, the platform can provide audio-based news updates for from the podcast app. Hmm. So Mac rumors post that this development was designed for the instances where the user wouldn't or couldn't look at the screen, such as Apple CarPlay or the upcoming um, HomePod smart speaker. Hmm. Um, so I guess Siri is going to be Integrated in with CarPlay, mm-hmm. right? So it looks like Apple is going to push the envelope on this a little bit. I guess they're starting to support a selected list of content providers. Um, uh, but I guess they're focused on news podcasts to get started with. Well, that's what a lot of people are going to be listening to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
So it looks like Siri is getting into the game. Yeah, but they're, they were nowhere to be seen at uh, CES with no devices. And they're so, yeah, so they're, they're so far behind on their home device. I, I, I don't know. HomePod, huh. So they actually announced that, but they never rolled it out, right? Yeah, it's, it was late. Yeah, it didn't make the Christmas uh, delivery times. I wonder what the deal is with that. Yeah, there's some news on it. I just they're running. It's, it's Apple. You know, I'll be honest with you. Apple is uh, <clears throat> falling behind a little bit. Yeah, they, they are. They're falling behind. I am hearing more and more people, believe it or not, switching to Windows. And that you know that dude, once they go app, once they go Mac, they very rarely go back. And I'm hearing people switching back. Huh. Well, Microsoft stock is doing well right now. Yeah. They're saying that it's it could 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 be the first uh, um, a trillion dollar company or something like that. Well, Apple's bringing three hundred and fifty billion dollars back, paying the ten percent or eleven percent tax. So uh, they'll be investing that money. Yeah, much uh, to the chagrin sure. of some people, they were, "Oh my God, what did Apple do? Why did why did they do that?" I'm like, "They're a business." They're fiscally responsible to their shareholders. They would be fiscally irresponsible if they didn't bring the money back with that type of a tax holiday. I'm like, come oh, on. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, people, people are freaking out. Oh, it's they, they, they. And I'm just like, they're a business. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, my God. So I still see this HomePod as a, as a major section of the Apple website. I mean, it's, it's got a whole spread in here that shows it's a pretty attractive looking device. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, uh, it looks like they've done some heavy engineering on it. We'll see. Uh, I'm sure it'll work fine, but and it's a know. very expensive price tag. Well, of course it wouldn't be, uh, an Apple device if it wasn't expensive, <laughs> that's right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very cool looking. It it looks like it's a little little mesh bag, you know. So I took a um, um, a stick or a, basically a USB C drive into uh, the apps, the Mac store. With they had a new iMac Pro there, mm-hmm. and uh, I said I want to do some encoding tests. And the lady's kind of looking at me, kind of funny. I said I I need to know how much faster this thing really is. And uh, so on my trash can here, my Mac Pro here that I've got, um, I ran the set everything up and uh, and ran the encode time was like three minutes and thirty seconds for the video that I had here locally. S- mm-hmm. Took the same exact stuff into put it on the iMac Pro and then encoded it in like two forty eight, which okay, that's yeah, that's a decent improvement for a short video. Then I went over to the iMac just a regular iMac and did the same exact thing. And the encoding time was like three minutes and five seconds. I'm like, Hmm, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I, there's no need to get the pro. I just buy the, buy an iMac. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, it was just kind of funny because $5,000 versus $2,500 and you're, you know, you're only gaining me like, you know, 15 seconds or so on encoding time. I think not. Uh, that's, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's a lot of sausages that can be saved. Um, otherwise, 
I was going to look here. What else was in the in the news per se? There's been some talk about the recent changes that uh, Facebook is making oh, to yeah. to to prioritize family and friends now, and people are talking about how that change could impact um, podcasting and how people share their podcasts in uh, in Facebook and whether or not people are going to see it. Well, I've been sharing my podcast on my personal feed from the beginning. My page is kind of secondary, so maybe my strategy was good. It says the, yeah, it shows a chart here that um, average organic reach of content published on branded Facebook pages uh, has been plummeting since 2015. Hmm. So, yeah. So, Facebook, it looks like is, you know, there's a lot of people talking that Facebook is kind of like uh, committing a little bit of suicide here. Well, you, you got to understand, Rob. I didn't, didn't I, I don't see my family in my newsfeed. What did I join I Facebook for? To follow my it's, family and friends? All I see is business crap. Well, that and I've been seeing a lot of, um, a lot of podcast stuff. Well, I see that too because we were both I mean, a in, lot. We're in the both and because a lot of the people that follow us are podcasters. Well, that and plus we follow so many uh, right, podcast communities, groups, yeah. groups and communities. I've, I'm sure Facebook picks that up and says, "Well, this is a big priority in his life, so let's deliver all this content yeah. about podcasting, yeah. and it will create more engagement." Right? Yeah. So, so you know you would think that that would make it actually even more effective. Um, it, but not so much about publishing links to our content, unless our content supports the podcasting industry, which is what we do. Yeah. Right. Um, but if you're doing a show on, on, um, underwater basket weaving, it's probably not going to get much audience. Right. Well, I think people that are, have a Facebook page, it serves a purpose. And if they have, you know, like most people follow me on my personal profile. So yep. I intermix personal and business stuff in there. So, you well, know, you kind of have to these days. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, people like to follow people. People don't necessarily like to follow businesses. Right. Right. Or sites or, you know, yep. you're right. Yeah. So how do you, I mean, you have to create this kind of this pseudo connection between your personal life and your business life. Um, and being a podcaster definitely puts you in the middle of that. Well, what you're going to have to do with your business page is you're going to have to get your credit card out and buy some advertising. There you go, Todd. That's the answer, right? It That's is the answer. That's what Facebook wants you to exactly. do. Exactly. Exactly. They're a for, for-profit company. Yes, they uh, are. I, I, I don't know if you, you, you knew that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I did. Isn't it funny how businesses are always looking to you know, add some dollars to the bottom line. And, you know, yeah. if, if, if you're getting free exposure, if, you're, if your Facebook page is getting free exposure in the news source, why do you need to advertise? You don't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, they didn't do this because they're going to lose money. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> There's, again, fiscal responsibility to the shareholders. Yeah, there you go. That's the primary objective. Yes. 
But all these social platforms right now are getting beat up pretty bad, right? Because of this whole, you know, investigation on the government around, you know, it's being compromised by certain, you know, rogue countries out there. So they're they're starting to react to this too, right? Well, you know, they, the whole fake news thing, and well, they should have and, reacted uh, two years ago, but they yeah, were they're well, very happy to take their money. See? Oh yeah, definitely, sure. <laughs> Because they're a for-profit business, oh, right? Oh, amazing, uh, amazing. It kind of dovetails into the, the earlier um, conversation. It's, it's all about following. You know, people are so, you know, come on. It's all about follow the money. Let's just be real. <laughs> Everything yeah, well, in this country is about follow the money. I don't care who you are. Yeah, that's true. You know. That is true. Everyone, everyone thinks we live in this uh, social society that, uh, you know, companies shouldn't make money and it's, you know, you're in it to do better good and, you know, and advance the worldwide agenda. Come on. It's, it's what goes into the bank <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day. You know, if you have, you know, if you have some programs that afford a worldwide agenda, that's good. But, you know, all companies have a motive or an agenda. Yeah. Come on now. Todd, do you have a sense, I mean, as you look at the big picture of social media, um, you know, you've got these big platforms, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, which feels like Instagram is definitely, or not, if it, well, I should say this, Instagram and um, uh, LinkedIn feel like they're gaining momentum out there. Um, do, do we, are, are you aware of any other social platforms that are starting to gather momentum um, as, as a vehicle for podcasting, or are we, we kind of in this phase where we're locked down right now, we're, we're locked into these key platforms as the only, um, option going, going forward into the future. I, I think we're locked in at this point. I don't, I don't see anything else. You know, have you seen, I haven't seen anything. I, what's the, there's not a new Twitter, you know, there's no, you know, LinkedIn for me as a, is more of a business resource than a podcasting resource, but um, well, they're they're operating that more and more, and it's owned by Microsoft now. But um, they're operating more and more that like you know, like Facebook now. I mean, yeah. LinkedIn starts to feel like Facebook more and more every day. Now, granted, it has a business focus. I, I never go it over and read, have a personal focus. I don't go over and read the news feeds over there ever because it's just <gasps> a bunch of scammers pitching stuff. You know. Yeah. I, I, to me, it's real spammy on LinkedIn. It's, you know, entrepreneurs that have a mastermind that they want me to spend $2,500 yeah, on. That's true. <laughs> I am seeing more, more and more people posting um, podcasts over there, though, um, especially if they're podcasts about business. Hmm. Uh, um, well, and, post a link to it back to their website? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. You know, we haven't spent much time talking about LinkedIn as a as a place to promote your podcast, but, um, but it might be, be a good one to, um, add to your portfolio. I use it strictly as a place to hook up with business people. When I go looking for people at a company, yeah, you know, that's the first place oh, I true. go, you know, because sure. they've got, they've got their profile. I'm doing such and such and such and such in podcasting or whatever it may be. And then that's how I find them. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I just, you know, I just, uh, you know, I added a bunch of the guys from Midroll over the, the past weekend because I, I wasn't following too many on LinkedIn from Midroll. So I went and 
you know, did their whole uh, C-suite and VP suite. I added one of them, you know, not often followed back, but um, and just yeah. that type of, you know, because I'm, you know, I want to see what they're doing, who's leaving, who's coming, because you get those notifications, such and such change jobs or such and such is now VP of this or, you know, they, mm. when their profiles update, you get that notification if they're, if you're, you know, if you're, you're linked yeah. over there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I see that all the time too. But of but course I'm, there's the hot 20 year olds that uh, follow me on Facebook too. You know, the girls with three pictures in their Facebook uh, profiles. Yeah. That just, also happens on Twitter too. Yeah. They, you know, they're after these, uh, you know, they're after a 53 year old guy. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it happens a little bit on uh, LinkedIn too. So yeah, it's kind of a I, yeah, I, yeah. And it's mostly uh, foreign profiles that do that. So yes, yes, it does kind of, kind of, kind of wonder what their agendas are, right? Yeah, yeah. And if they, if, and like, yeah, I, I don't care that you went to the University of Belarus, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're in textiles or something. I'm like, okay, you're you're a great LinkedIn contact. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's going to be so helpful and useful to me in the future. Yep. Yes, yes, but. Anyway, any who's, we're, uh, we're, wrap, we're wrapping here close to the to bottom of the hour. Um, yep. So the, uh, yeah, it's good to be back. Hopefully I'm, instead of doing na- uh, nasal drainage next week, I'm, hopefully I'm <laughs> back to uh, 100%. So. Yeah. Well, now it's all, it's all planning and getting, getting ready for PodFest Orlando, which is coming up um, February 8th through the 10th. Yeah, Mike and Mackenzie from our team will be down yeah. there. Yeah, that's that's what I've been working on is pulling all that stuff together and getting yeah. getting ready down there. Who are you taking with you, or is it just going to be you? No, <clears throat> the whole the entire Spreaker Blog Talk Radio team is going to be there. Whoa, it's going to be close to thirty of us. So you guys must be having a meeting afterwards, then. Well, we're all there for the duration of it. We're going to be doing stuff together after the event, and it's not going to be a, a kind of like formal meetings kind of thing. It's just it's just uh, get the team together, get everybody to know each other, um, get some of the team into that podcasting conference to learn about the podcasting medium a little bit more, and get connected with podcast community and and just get everybody to meet each other because there's a lot of a lot of people that work for the company that have never met each other. In in person. So everyone that's going to PodFest, uh, you got a mission for you here. I will not be there to spy on Rob and the team to find out what they're up to for this year. So it's, Pod, it's you're missing out. Man. It's you're your job. Out. Those of you that are attending PodFest, it's your <laughs> job to squeeze as much information out of the Spreaker team to feed that back to me later, so we can have some interesting conversations to have after PodFest. Just squeeze me, huh? Yeah. Okay. Just. Treat me like an orange. I'm down there in Florida to squeeze the orange. It's just me. I used to work for the Florida Department of Citrus, Todd. I don't know if you remember oh, yes, that or you, not. Yes, you told me about your big orange juice thing. Yes, yes, yes. Rick Savoy and Tommy Savoy are going to be there. As a matter of fact, they're going to PodFest specifically for the reason I talked about earlier. He said in the chat room. Like I, to spy on me? Is that what it is? N- no. no, he's he's going because it's indie. it's more indie focused. Oh yeah, and he doesn't exactly. have well, to take is. he doesn't have to take forty hours worth of vacation. Yeah, that's true, and it's it's not a bad place to visit in uh, February. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it won't be freezing down there and snowing. <laughs> well, I'm I'll be down in in Florida as well, um, 
but not exactly at the same time. I, I matter of fact, uh, from a scheduling standpoint, it's probably going to screw us up because I fly out on the 15th, get in the 16th, do my daughter's wedding stuff, 17th, 18th, and 19, 20, 21, we're going to be doing theme parks. And then on the 22nd, we come back. So uh, the show on the 17th will not be a go. When is PodFest? Is what weekend? Uh, it's the 8th through the 10th. So yeah. let's see here. It's Let's look at my calendar here. Yeah, so there'll be no show on the 10th and the 17th because of uh, travel. Rob will be at PodFest and I'm going to be at a, at a wedding or not a wedding, but a reception. Yeah. Doctor. Yes. So any, um, any news on the podcast awards? Did you want to mention anything? Yeah, we, I opened up registration yesterday Mm -hmm. and, uh, so people can register. The timeline is exactly the same. We haven't changed the, the calendar. So voting, I think, or nominations start on July 1st. We did make a few rule changes, but we did add uh, two shows to the legacy shows. And the legacy rules are essentially once a podcast is uh, won a single category five times, they're no longer eligible to win the category again. And they become what's called a, a legacy show. Uh, this year, we added the majority report in the politics and news section, and we added Grammar Girl in education. So that brings our total up to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve shows that have uh, basically joined the uh, the legacy category. The education category will be renamed to the Grammar Girl Education. A category and the politics and news will be renamed to the majority report politics and news category. So, um, but uh, yeah, registration's open and we put our accounting up on the website as well in the donations area to let know other people know where we're at uh, financially. Uh, 2017, we ended up uh, about $400 ahead. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's like the first year I haven't had to write a check. And, wow. That's great. And it was largely because we did, uh, we had the GoFundMe in 16. Um, that money carried over, registration money carried over for basic expenses. And then uh, registrations in 2017 and sponsors uh, put us a little over 12.5, I think, for amount of money that came in. The site rebuild cost uh, $6,000. Um, and we're going to do another round this year, probably around three grand worth, maybe four. The accounting, actually the trophy cost was $4,400, not including the mess up I made. They had some do some reprints, which I took out of hide. But uh, all total, we were, we were net about 400 bucks. So yes, I'm getting rich because of the podcast awards. <laughs> it's a public service thing, right? Right. <laughs> But but I do pay taxes on that money, so it, it's all run through my business. So you know whatever my tax rate ends up being this year, I'll, I'll it won't be quite net four hundred. It'll be minus whatever my you know whatever tax rate I pay thirty six percent or whatever it is. So, yeah. so are you going to try and align this with any kind of um, kind of physical world ceremony at all this year? Or uh, I, I think, just keep it all online? I think that we'll approach that next year. Um, we got to get through the rebuild so that uh, 
And once we get through the rebuild, then we'll have uh, resources to do something. You know, I can take that $5,000 that we were spending on uh, site rebuild and I can put that towards some sort of physical event. That's not enough to cover it. Any physical event is going to be, that's going to be like, you know, that's going to be a down payment. But uh, maybe, we'll see. But Todd, uh, you should talk to uh, the organizers of um, PodCon or PodFest about maybe... Yeah, the shift, yeah. we'd have to shift the dates. And if we did that, the problem is the timing. PodCon, it would yeah. fit. Uh, yeah. But we're going to keep it aligned with International Podcast Day for now. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, gotcha. if the team over there wants me back. So, but uh, yeah. So anyway, we put that information up on the website and. Uh, okay. But we opened registrations early because people complained last year. We didn't hear about it. They've got now until July 1st. <laughs> so I think there's enough time. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. That's it's it. coming along, Todd. You're you're a good uh, steward of the podcast awards. Well, we made it. <laughs> it's, it's manageable now. We've automated yeah. it so that uh, really I'm not spending you know, it's, it's much more manageable. Yeah. So, and That's we're going to make the website even better to, uh, to make it even more manageable. So we learned a lot of things in, uh, in 17 that what we're going to put in the back end for uh, 18. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, everyone, if you have comments on today's show, you can email me Todd at blueberry.com or you can follow me at geek news and Rob. Uh, you can uh, reach me, Rob, at Spreaker.com, or you can go to uh, robgreenlee.com. I've got links to you know the Spreaker live show up there, too. I do that every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern at SpreakerLiveShow.com. And I, you know, just I'm on Twitter, too. You can reach out to me anytime uh, if you have a question or whatever. And we definitely want to hear from you and let us know about – Anything that you're hearing out there, we want to uh, keep our ear to the ground and hear about you know breaking things that are happening on, online. We both you know keep an eye on all the Facebook groups and things like that. So, so uh, thanks. Yeah, any rumors or any good juicy stuff? Yeah, that, that's you know that's what we're looking for. And <laughs> if you right. any of you that work at any of these companies have something you want to uh, just kind of feed us, we'll take that information too. We're happy to share. So, uh, you know, we're, we're the outlet where you can, uh, you're, you're, we protect our sources. Yes, so. we do. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for being here on the new media show. We'll see you next week. Same time, same bat channel. Everyone take care. Aloha. Bye.